Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now here's your host, Richard Carthon. Did you know that Cryptocurrent now has its own apparel shop? Well, look no further. If you want the latest gear from the Cryptocurrent crew, please check out both our show notes and our website where you can get anything from a long sleeve shirt to joggers to sweatshirts to tank tops, hats. You name it, we have some pretty swagged out gear for you. So if you're in love with our brand just as much as we are, please check out our gear today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a special treat for you. I have a repeat guest. That's right. Back on episode 103, we talked about how Sapien is building the Web3 social network of the future that came out in June of 20, uh, June 22nd of 2020. It has, you know, been a year and a half. A lot has happened, and they actually have a ton of amazing new products and features that are coming out that I'm excited to learn more about. We have the two co-founders. We have Ankit and Rob. How are y'all doing today? Pretty great, Richard. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing great. Thanks, Richard. Absolutely. So um, I know, Ankit, we had some background on you last time. So Rob, I'm going to ask you first, can you just give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah. So met Ankit at Berkeley, uh, studied math and computer science, and it's been a crazy, crazy journey. Uh, we you know, really got connected over talking about technology, the future of uh, governance, what the world would look like with, uh, you know, technology really reaching its peak. So uh, we did the ICO in 2018 and have been grinding away ever since. So that's awesome. our story. And, and Ankit, uh, just give us a, a quick background. So since launching um, Sapien, what has the journey been like? Oh my God, it's uh, it's been an incredible, incredible journey. So, uh, yeah, since we uh, last spoke, Richard, you know, we're talking about building the Web three social network of the future and really trying to articulate what that even looks like, right? Because what we're seeing in the space is perhaps the biggest and greatest unbundling that we've ever seen in our history when it comes to all these you know multi multitude of communities and DAOs being launched. Uh, but the thing that really intrigued us was, you know, how does it all sort of fit together in a bigger picture uh, and ultimately become more interconnected? So you don't have all these different DAOs operating in isolation. And um, as we sort of dug deeper and deeper into what it means to build the next generation of social networking, we realized that we needed to build um, a republic of DAOs, right? This sort of, uh, and, and the context for this would be a digital nation, right? So we're really trying to blaze the path forward and uh, launched the first sovereign digital nation with a with a set of our NFT passports, uh, and happy to sort of talk through all that with you today. Yes, so let's definitely break that down. So when y'all were first coming out, it was all about creating a decentralized Web three social platform, and then from there, realizing all of the 
uh, at, at the time we didn't even, we weren't even talking about DAOs, right? We weren't talking about decentralized autonomous organizations. NFTs were around, but they weren't nearly as popular. They weren't necessarily being utilized nearly as much. And so basically you've been able to find ways to merge both of these together into what will be the future of social platforms being decentralized. And so from that, you've kind of put together what is now being known as um, the Sapien Tribe NFT Passport. So can you explain what is that and how can people potentially participate? Yeah, so the key thing here is, uh, you know, when we were thinking about uh, the social platform, it was so much, somewhat of a paradox, right? And really where we... Uh, when we were thinking about it more and more, what we needed to launch was this uh, protocol, uh, token primitive. So I'll actually let Rob sort of give an overview of the protocols, uh, a protocol that we outlined in the purple paper, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into the, the NFT passport that's coming out. Yeah. So one of the things that you know we were originally focused on before DAOs was this idea of a democratized autonomous platform, right? And what that was all all about is like letting the users of the platform control their destiny and shape shape the direction of the platform. So sort of a DAO before a DAO. So that led us deep into trying to figure out how to do that. And uh, we analyzed this in our purple paper, which we just released, that breaks it down into three areas, the information, social, and economic layer. And our protocol provides primitives for each of these. So in the information layer, we're creating a token primitive for uh, curation. The social primitive is that FT passport that serves as identity within this ecosystem, uh, privacy-focused identity that lets people share only what they need. It serves as a social ledger for reputation, and it grants access to creating uh, social currency, which is this economic layer that lets us build a win-win economy of interconnected DAOs that are supporting each other. That's this republic of DAOs. Wow. Okay, so really trying to turn this into like the you just said the Republic of Dow. So you're almost making a decentralized, I don't know, nation, if you will, uh, that people can come and connect with. Can you kind of just go into that just a little bit deeper? Like that in itself sounds pretty remarkable, but like how do you what are the steps that are being taken to like actualize creating this new type of vision? Yeah, I think I would say um, from my perspective, you know, a nation is nothing but the people and the shared values and shared purpose, uh, you know, of a collective. And, you know, we found it something that inspired Rob and myself is, you know, we just didn't feel like institutions and governments were doing enough to challenge these large collective action problems. And we thought to ourselves, hey, like there's a much better way to do this, but we have to sort of go to the cloud. We have to exit to the cloud and find new ways of organizing and collaborating that aren't constrained by just geography. And I think that's really what inspired this idea of the digital nation, right? It's this idea that, you know, everyone's been throwing around the word metaverse, right? But what does that actually mean? Uh, the future that we definitely don't want to live in is one in which people are just glued to their screens and entirely ignoring what's going on around them. Uh, and we have an opportunity now to sort of reclaim what, what this metaverse is. And our thesis is that it's this blurring of the physical and digital worlds and um, the protocol that we want to launch is essentially not meant to sort of maximize time on site on platform, but rather just um, give people the tools to make take collective action. And uh, you know, it's designed around that. So, and just extending on that, it's a transition from a consumer to a participant. That's another big part of the metaverse, and that affects all layers of how we engage with the world. 
uh, in the information layer, it looks like podcasts, right? Where people are participating as they like create content. They're building community as they share information. And so one of the things that United Ankh and I is this idea of sense making, you know, looking at the people that are trying to make sense of the world. So that's the type of person that and type of community that we're trying to bring into this this digital nation. Got it. Well, it's it's definitely unique. And I and I know that I definitely have more questions and want to unpack this more. So uh, as I'm going through this, it looks like that uh, by minting one of these passports, uh, you'll have utilities such as uh, identification, building reputation, accessing exclusive events, and uh, also being able to create social currencies. Can you kind of break down each of these and kind of go a little bit deeper into some of these utilities? Sure. Uh, I think the first thing that I want to start with is, uh, you know, the the uniqueness of the NFT, right? And uh, we're truly doing something that hasn't been done yet. We're uh, putting our protocol to the test. Uh, and the process that we are, do, are doing to actually generate these NFTs is, uh, again, human curation. We're letting people select historical avatars to put onto their passports. And we're stylizing, with, stylizing it with machine learning. So we're doing a style transfer from our Sapien logo onto the NFT. And the idea really here is for people to choose historical figures that have inspired them and look to the past as we're sort of blazing this new path forward with this digital nation. Um, so we're looking to elevate people, you know, underrepresented people, people that have just been glossed over by the sands of time and, you know, bringing them back to the forefront of, of uh, you know, public conversation. So each of these passports will contain this one-on-one figure uh, and the... Uh, idea then with that is once these uh, passports are out into the secondary markets, um, people are free to actually uh, you know purchase it and become a citizen of this nation, right? So it creates this uh, market that we're calling liquid citizenship. And um, one of the key things from there is that once someone decides to sign their passport, it becomes non-transferable and it's permanently linked to their address. And that's when it opens up the other sort of utilities that we're arguing for, right? Around identity, social ledger, access, and these social currencies. So the first, first step is for people to really think deeply and say, hey, do, we, do I want to be a founding member of this sapient nation? And once they've decided that, they sign it, at which point that NFT becomes non-transferable. And uh, from there, uh, the NFT is really this like first of its kind asset class, right? It works uh, just like your real passport. You can append like additional sort of data to it. And we think that's a good way to sort of build your identity, right? So other NFTs that you're collecting, you can start appending it to your passport, um, your contributions, your achievements, uh, as you sort of navigate the communities of the metaverse can be tracked on your passport. So we're really trying to think of this as like this all-in-one tool as you're kind of moving around and contributing to different DAOs. Think about how, to, how you want to spend your time in this new, new space. Um, everything should be tracked. And as Rob is saying, the big piece here is making sure it's privacy preserving by default, right? And we're really advocate, advocating the, you know, using ZK Starks to, by default, encrypt everything that's on this passport, right? And the sort of popular analogy is like, look, when you go to a, a bar and, you know, you're being carded to be checked if you're over 21, you don't actually need to reveal all your information. You don't need to reveal your, you know, your height, your location, you know, your address, your weight, all these things, your eye color, that's too much data that's being leaked out. Uh, and the argument is very simple, right? As you sort of move around with this passport, you should only have to reveal to communities only that which the community is asking for, right? And I think that that is a, a strong basis. And even, you know, we were at Eat Denver 
uh, in a really big way this year. And um, this was something big that Vitalik was arguing for as well, right? The, the sort of base layers of these protocols should be privacy preserving. Um, otherwise, if you leak it at that level, then you, know, you can't build secure systems. Uh, and the final piece is the social currencies. I want to pass it off to Rob. Maybe you can touch a bit on the UBI and like essentially how we want citizens to shape the communities that they're investing into. Yeah. So the key part with our social currency, the tribe treasury token, is this uh, that it's designed around a win-win ecosystem. So each of these tokens isn't designed to operate in isolation, but rather as part of a network. So each of these tokens is collateralized by a vault which can hold NFTs and other social tokens. So the idea, idea here is that communities can invest in each other and collateralize their tokens with each other's tokens to reduce the barrier to entry, to you know let them share risk and share rewards, and to really build a powerful, resilient network of tokens and uh, communities within this ecosystem. Right. Yeah. I have... So y'all just gave a lot and I want to try to unpack all of it, right? So the the first layer of this, as you are creating this online nation, having this passport, you basically have a way that uh, you created this interoperable tool where you can go across not just your metaverse, but across other people's as well, be able to bring their NFTs with them, have this as a piece of identification that they can bring with them, only reveal the information necessary to join said um, ecosystem, metaverse, what, what, what have you, and then be able to participate or do whatever you want within that realm. But then also another piece of this is that you're allowing for these passport holders to be able to create tokens. Uh, I think you called TTT, uh, the tribe... Uh, treasury token. Tr- tribe treasury token. And then you, within your own tribe that you create, you can collateralize it using NFTs or, or let's just call, call it NFTs for now, um, for a base of value. And then with that, that token now has its value. So then you can go and do what you want with it, whether you want to go lend and use it as a DeFi tool, or if you wanted to use it to pay for um, a particular project that you want to go do for that particular tribe, it's now allowing you to have some actual collateral to prove the value of the token within that community. So I guess my next question within that though, does that mean that within each tribe, although it's the same token, that each token within different tribes will have different levels of value? Today's podcast is brought to you by Solads, the creators of Ladopoly, aka the play to earn version of Monopoly. Owning a lad will unlock a number of monthly benefits and grant you lifetime access to the club, including the lad DAO. For Ladopoly, players roll dice to move around the board, and when they land on a property they don't own, they must pay rent before they can roll again. Ladopoly has a ton of utilities, including anyone who mints a board game will receive 5% of every sale of that NFT in the future. There will be in-game taxes, 50% of which go back to board holders monthly. There's a 3% royalty on NFT game board sales with 5% royalty on NFT property sales. Board holders will also be airdropped 50 LAD tokens. Board holders will be airdropped free properties. 50% of all advertising sales will go to board holders. And 10% of version 2 LAD quarterly profits are airdropped to board holders. And one of the best parts of the game is that they will be giving away blue chip NFTs weekly as an in-game achievement. For more information, go to soladsnft.com. Again, that's soladsnft.com. 
So the idea here is that each tribe can launch their own uh, token, right? So the TTT is essentially the token standard that we're 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 advocating for. Um, so each each community will have their own token with their own vault that they're collateralizing against, right? And the idea is that these vaults can hold other tribe tokens as well, right? So it's a it's a way to sort of co-invest into the the, the this sort of new digital economy that's being created. Yeah. So Anka was talking about the UBI, this like universal basic income. So one idea we've been playing around with. So we'll have our own token within this ecosystem that'll sort of sit at the top, right? And we're looking to support other communities. So it's one thing we may do is invest in their tokens, right? Do sort of a token swap so that our vault consists of all of these tribes that we're supporting. And we're we're winning as they're winning. We're supporting them and also gaining as they as they produce value. Right, and this is such a key point. And for our listeners, uh, you know, I think it's helpful to ground it in an analogy. Um, you know, typically what we see with like UBI and arguments there is, hey, you know, Uncle Sam's going to come out, write a check for you, and submit it to your, you know, send it to your bank, and you'll receive that money. Um, I think the future that we're advocating for here is that, you know, uh, a nation can take a stake in its citizens, uh, in their in its citizens, right? So we're actually sending them our sort of uh, native currency and we're receiving their currency back into our vault. So it's creating this sort of win-win uh, economy, right? Where people have a stake in each other. And that's, that's really One where we're heading. term we've been using to describe this internally is this idea of venture governance, right? It's creating governance ecosystems that are able to uh, benefit from the efficiencies of like venture markets and traditional markets, right? Where there are incentives at play for people to you know, perform and create value that are maybe missing in traditional governments. Right. Okay. So you're creating a token that potentially can create UBI, universal basic income, but you're also creating a way that people within these tribes, within the Sapien ecosystem can also have a vault where they can go and store and create value that they can collateralize and then use the funds as a unit to go and do whatever they want with. So I think I have that that concept graphs down. What I want to do for all the listeners right now is kind of break it all down because what y'all are trying to do is, is, is quite a feat, right? You have basically four main pieces that you are trying to uh, accomplish here. So, and for, for each of the listeners here, you might not want to get involved in all four, but each one of these four potentially might speak to you. So the, the first one that we want to talk about first is just sticking with the passport. So, I believe there's a mint event coming up. Uh, how can people either participate and by minting one of these passports, what are some of the initial things that they will be able to do with it? Yeah, so the mint event is on March 14, uh, 2022, and we will be minting a thousand of these passports. Um, and aside from the uh, sort of initial artwork that we're putting into these NFTs, we're using it primarily as an access token to start with. Uh, because there's a lot to be built here, right? You know, the things that we talked through, we need we need the community's uh, guidance and and their voice as we sort of build out this protocol. Um, so right now, our Discord, we're in the process of uh, really growing that. It's been growing really, really rapidly. Um, people are joining there and whitelisting themselves. Uh, so the whole process is managed, uh, managed over there. And yeah, we're engaging these tribe chats. Um, so like, uh, nearly every day, we have a group of people jumping into voice channels and talking about 
you know, the future of uh, future of tribes, how all this comes together and what these tools ultimately enable. Um, but uh, yeah, to start with, uh, these passports are just fundamental to identifying the, the sort of true citizens. And uh, as I mentioned before, right, the, the first thing that will come out is the signing mechanism. So the people that are really truly committed to this vision will have an opportunity to sign and become founding members of the first digital nation. And yeah, the people that have signed their passports, we're looking to put in real effort in creating value for them and bringing them into this ecosystem. We're looking at doing things like, you know, registering legal entities, DAOs for them, helping convert real world assets into NFTs, planning how their currency should be launched and how it fits into our ecosystem, looking at other communities that they can connect with to create value economically or through shared participation. There's a ton, ton here. Got it. So you're you're looking for that first thousand that wants to join the the Sapien tribe and and be one of its first um, digital citizens, if you will. So with that, you uh, want some of the perks that you have out there that you kind of just listed are helping them with potentially with setting up their own DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. Can you kind of walk through what that looks like? So let's say that someone's listening to this right now. They're just like, this sounds great. Um, I'm really interested and actually need help because I've been wanting to create a DAO for um, being able to save enough money to uh, buy this really, really cool in real life art piece that I think is going to help do X, Y, Z. How uh, would y'all go about helping said person with potentially doing that? Yeah, yeah, no, this is great because uh, you know we've been talking to a, a bunch of DAOs um, and bringing them on board into into this republic of DAOs. But you know, honestly, it, it is a, it has to start with a conversation. Right. I think a lot of people, you know, jump to the conclusion that they need a DAO right away, but you know, there's obviously a lot that goes into that, right? And the definition of for what a DAO is is um, very fluid, right? Some people call a Telegram group with a single token a DAO, right? But what does that what does that really mean? And like, you know, is that the right structure for you? I think that's that's the first conversation that we're starting to have right now in our community. Um, from there, uh, the idea is that. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna release our protocol uh, right now. We're targeting late April, uh, right after the passport sale, and that will primarily be the the way by which people are can can create these these uh, these tribes, right? In uh, a sort of simple um, sort of user experience, we want to make this as simple as it is to you know create a subreddit or a Facebook group as it is to create a DAO. And um, really, <laughs> you know, we what we're seeing with this with the industry is people are somewhat jaded by Discord, right? People have like are part of you know 10, 15, 20 different Discords. It's really hard to to keep track of them, and the information is so ephemeral. Uh, we're advocating for a more knowledge, uh, more structured knowledge sort of uh, protocol, uh, and I think that's that's uh, really what we're going to be offering the sort of initial uh, DAOs that are partnering with us. And just to speak a little bit to that, you know, we've been having some great conversations with, um, you know, uh, uh, DAOs, so like Afropolitan, right? One of the digital nations that's launching in Africa to build a pan-African network state. You know, I recently aligned with them and they want to really uh, empower uh, Africans to reach their full potential. And that's like an example of a DAO that, we're, we, you know, we brought on. Um, Mongol NFT DAO, that's another one in Mongolia for uh, many Mongolian artists. Uh, we're looking to sort of, um, you know, build tighter uh, alliance with them, um, and also just like the, you know, uh, outside of Web three, right? We recently brought on Debbie Heminter, who is a co-founder of Lean In with Sheryl Sandberg as an advisor, and we're really trying to see if there's some 
potential to collaborate there and you know maybe even launch a DAO for lean in and bring in this like next generation of entrepreneurs and builders into into web3 so um you know there's no sort of DAO that's um you know uh too early or far away from from web3 i think there's a tremendous opportunity here and yeah i think it's a it's a really a step-by-step process by which we're onboarding them into this broader ecosystem Got it. Yeah, that that's really exciting, and it sounds like the, the the value that you're trying to create is is not just providing a a service, but providing uh, insight, community, and actionable steps that they can take, as well as the resources to to get it done. One of the other pieces of this that I think is interesting is kind of the metaverse play, right? So it sounds like y'all are trying to create some online digital events as well that would be exclusive for this group. Um, are you able to talk about any of those potentially? Um, actually, I prefer to talk about the, the ones we're doing IRL. Uh, so actually last yeah, let's do that. November, we had an event at the Cipriani in New York. Uh, that was the first Congress of the Sapien Nation. And that was an opportunity to really bring people in and start having these, again, these conversations about what a digital nation can accomplish. Uh, and that was massively, massively successful. You know, we had more than 300 people show out and this was, I think, uh, a couple of days after NFT NYC. Um, but yeah, just, you know, the passion that we saw, uh, Rob, I don't know if you want to speak a little bit about it, but people were really, really fired up about, uh, you know, collective action and what, what can yeah. be done. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And the energy of having people in person is so so important really you can feel it when you're when you're there with people like the, it feels like it's possible to change the world despite everything that's going on around us you know it's easy to get pretty jaded but that speaks to sort of our vision of the metaverse as well which Anka was saying is sort of blending the digital and the physical and we're really sort of bullish on augmented reality for this reason what we really want to create is a shared digital world that is within the physical world. We don't want people to sort of escape from this world, but to use these tools to build new value within the world that they're already part of so that they can, you know, feel all all of the benefits of being part of communities and they can discover new communities and build new communities and build new value in the one communities that they're already a part of. Got it. Yeah, that sounds excellent. Now, um, I got a lot of really great information from you all, and I really appreciate that. As we kind of wrap up here, I always like to finish with a couple of fun questions. Um, one of the main ones I like to bring up is with all the information that you now have as you've been building out Sapien, if you could go impart one to two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first got started with building this, what would you tell yourself? Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, I, would, I would say for myself, um, I think this it's still and I shit for sure. I remember saying this last time I was on too, but it's still early. It's still really, really early in Web3. And I I just, you know, anyone listening to this that is on the fence, hey, you know, should I jump in or not? This is this is the time to do it, right? Like, you know, we need we need more builders, we need more thinkers, we need more diversity, we need more perspectives into what this future looks like. And you know, I just urge everyone, to, everyone who has the, the privilege of doing so, to take the risk to jump in, and 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 be a part of this movement. Uh, yeah, from from my side, I think it's 
just build connections and really go out there and talk to people because we spent a lot of time heads down trying to figure out really hard problems and we ultimately found our way there. But I think, you know, maybe there are a few instances where we could have got there quicker if we'd been more open to talking with people and figuring it out. But again, there's some problems that you really only learn the, the hard way. But Right. Yeah. No, that's the, both of those are definitely good lessons. Um, for people who are listening to this, you have the privilege to be able to get into this. And even if it's not for your full-time gig, even if it's just as your side hustle, figuring this out, getting more information, dive in. It's still early. I will echo that. It's early, early, early. And then what Rob said with, it's a lot easier to get where you're trying to go if you find people who have already been there. And even if you don't need all the answers, you just have a particular answer you're trying to get to, asking or speaking with someone who's been in that exact example before you can at least point you in the right direction and get you where you're trying to go faster. So ask for help. Be surrounded by people who you believe can offer good sound advice and at least point you in a, in a, in a right direction. Um, doesn't mean they're going to point you in the direction. They at least can point you in a direction that helps you get to the right direction. Um, but keep speaking up. Yeah. Um, and Richard, I want to jump in here too, because, uh, you know, obviously with these passports, we are, uh, you know, giving out these picks to, for historical avatars. And I was wondering if you wanted to share your pick and uh, yeah, maybe why you picked them. Yeah, happy to do that. So um, uh, Ankin and Rob were kind enough to uh, get me one of these um, amazing passports and on them, you get to pick a historical figure. So my historical figure that I selected was Jackie Robinson. Uh, Jackie Robinson is near dear to me for all of those who don't know who he is. He was the first African-American baseball player, uh, in the MLB. Uh, he helped cross boundaries and help set the stage for, um, black people in America to be able to play professional baseball. Um, I was a big baseball player growing up and, uh, read a lot of books, um, about, uh, Jackie Robinson. And um, yeah, he's always been a um, hero to me. So uh, when the prompt was, what is a, if you could name one to three historical figures of, of someone who you'd want to be on that passport, he was the first person that came to mind. So that is why I chose Jackie Robinson. Amazing. Amazing. That's a, that's a really solid pick. And Richard, for, for all your uh, audience members, what are, what are some advice for, for those that are thinking about picking their historical avatars right now? What would you what would you tell them? Um, who inspires you? Um, who is someone that paved the way so that you could live your dream today? Who is someone that did all of the hard work or just gave a little bit more so that you could have that opportunity that you have the opportunity to go and do? Wouldn't even be an idea had they not gone and done that work. I think that's a solid way to, to approach that decision. That's amazing advice, Richard, and a really great thing to think about. Super powerful. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for jumping on our podcast, Richard. Really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, man. We should do this more often. But um, no, this, is, this has been excellent. Um, always like to wrap up with the final thought. What is a final thought that both of you would like to leave with everyone listening here today? I'd say be bold, be bold with what you're building and, and stick to your guns and go far. Mm, yeah. Stay uh, hungry. You know, you gotta stay hungry and keep at it. 
Two great final thoughts. Appreciate you both. What are ways that people can learn more about Sapien and this amazing passport mint that's about to drop? So we're active at at Sapien underscore network on Twitter. And our, our Discord is where Rob and I are spending most of our time uh, as much as we'd want to spend more time in the real world. But that's where we are right now. Um, and yeah, just uh, you know, stay up to date with our website, sapien.network. And we are going into this NFT Mint. So looking forward to connecting with more people as they join the community. Excellent. Well, Ankit, Rob, thank you both uh, for coming on the show. Ankit, thank you for coming back for round two. Everyone listening, make sure you go and check out everything that Sapien has going on. I know that I am very interested in this and I will be staying up to date. So make sure you go give them a look. And of course, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Megan with Podcasting You. Richard does such a good job covering a variety of topics. Their guests offer valuable insight as well. I would recommend this podcast to anyone looking to be inspired and informed. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.